Parsha Sav. In Parsha Sav, we continue our encounter with the Avoida of the Kohanim, the ones privileged to stand in the service of Hashem in the Beis Hamikdash, and we find ourselves inundated with the special attention given to Kohanim, laws upon laws for the descendants of Adam that place them on a pedestal, rules meant to regulate the behavior of the aristocracy. Now, I don't want to make you uncomfortable or jealous of me. The Rav was a Kohen. But week after week, in Vayikra, Tzav, Shmini, and actually in most of Sefer Vayikra, we become more and more impressed with the great honor and privilege accorded to the Kohanim. I know that most of us here have already accepted the maxim of democracy, equality for everyone. So you don't want to think too much about it. But the truth is, when the B'nai Levi were chosen to, to be the Kohani Yashem, it was a great pride for them. The Kohen walked with a swagger. He was on top of the world. It wasn't just a matter of being called to officiate at a Pidyon Haben or to benefit from the Trumas and other Matanot Kahuna. It was a great prerogative, a great privilege to be the servant of Hashem in his house. And I have no doubt that the rest of the Am Yisrael were disappointed and jealous. The Bechorim, who had lost this privilege, surely were jealous. But I'm sure that everyone looked at the Kohanim with envy. To be a Kohen was an eternal privilege of closeness to Hashem. And the Levites shall be mine, Bamidbar. And when Hashem says mine, you have to know he means mine forever. The Medrash says that whenever it says li, mine, it's for all time in this world and in the next world. And therefore, to be chosen as Kohanim by Hashem to be mine was the greatest of honors, an honor for eternity that most of Am Yisrael could only pine for. And therefore, as we make our way through Sefer Vayikra, we understand that we are treading on holy ground. We are being taken on a tour of sorts through the base Hamigdash and the Avoidus Akorbanos. And we feel as if we don't belong. We have, stepped, we have stepped over the boundary into a world of Kahuna, a world of Kedusha, and we tiptoe through the Parshish Vikra, Tzav, and Shmini as if trespassing on forbidden grounds. And then as we tiptoe through the Migdash, feeling out of place and alienated from all of these priestly laws, suddenly we bump our heads against something we weren't expecting, and it's a curious thing. Right in the middle of the laws of Kohanim and their Kabonos, we chance upon a Pasuk that veers from the topic, words that are directed at all of the Am Yisrael. Any fat of oxen, sheep, or goats you shall not eat. It's a pasuk that's telling us about chulin, ordinary meat, eaten in our own homes. The Torah here, in a parasha dedicated to the Kohanim, is talking to the Levim and the Yisraelim as well. Men, women, and children. Anyone of the Am Yisrael. And we are told that we are forbidden to eat the chalev, a certain type of fat from these animals. And that's a question. What's chulin? Ordinary meat. 
doing here in Vayikra, the Torah's Kohanim? Why are we discussing our home kitchens in Parshat Tzav? Now, actually, if we study the end of the Pasuk, we find that the Torah provides us with a clue. For anyone who eats the fat of an animal, species, from which one may bring a fire offering to Hashem, the soul of the one that eats shall be cut off from its people. So we see that the Torah adds a few words here. Asher yakriv mimena. Only the fats of animals that could be used as offerings are forbidden. A lamb, a calf, it could be brought on the Mizbeach. So it's chalav, it's aser, is aser. But it's forbidden even if it's not a korban. Now at first glance, this reasoning is a bit difficult to understand. Just because the Kohen working in the Mikdash was once required to remove the fats from a calf and place them on the Mizbeach in service of Hashem? What does that have to do with how I prepare the steak in my kitchen today? It's not a korban after all. You know that to remove the chalev entails a laborious process called trabering. You can't do it on your own. Someone has to be hired, someone who knows what he's doing. And we pay good money for that. And for what? We're not talking here about a korban where the chalev is offered up on the Mizbeach. We're speaking of ordinary meat here, of chulin. Why can't we eat the chalev of ordinary meat? I don't know if it bothers you, but I think it's a good question. And in the next pasuk, we find a similar idea. And all blood shall not be consumed by you in any of your dwelling places, whether from fowl or from animals. Any person who consumes any blood, his soul shall be cut off from its people. In any of your dwelling places, even outside of the Mikdash, wherever the Jew, wherever the Jew, a non-Kohen eats his ordinary meat, he must make sure to remove the blood from that animal. So the blood of an ordinary behemoth is usher for us. That costs us too. We're spending a lot of money on kosher meat today and some of it is because of the milich, of the, of the milcha, the salting, because we can't have blood in our meat. Why now, when being taught about the korbonos, are we being told that we can't have dam in our meat? And the answer is not a secret. The Torah tells us, it states openly that the reason is because dam belongs on the mizbeach. For the life of a person is in the blood and I have assigned it for you to be put on the Mizbeach to atone for your lives. For it is the blood that atones for one's life. That's why in the base Hamikdash the blood can't be eaten. It's sacred. It has to be thrown on the sides of the Mizbeach. That's how the one who brings the Korban gets his kapara. Now by a Korban I understand. Its, its blood can't be eaten. It's sacred. But we're not eating korbanas. It's our ordinary food, our chulin. And the blood is not l'chaper. We're not pouring the dam onto the mizbeach to be a kapara. And yet, it's still forbidden. And so instead of pouring it on the mizbeach, we're commanded, pour it onto the ground, devarim. And that's because had this animal been a korban, its blood would have been poured onto the Mizbeach. So we see again that we approach our chulin food the same way the Kohanim approached their kodshim in the Beis HaMikdash.
It's an eternal decree for your generations. In all your dwelling places, you may not consume any fat or any blood. And that's a question. Why am I playing base Hamigdash in my kitchen? And what's even more remarkable is that it's not only regarding laws of the Korbanos that we find this crossing of the boundaries. It permeates our daily lives as well. The Kohanim are commanded. They shouldn't make a bald spot on their heads. And they shouldn't shave the edge of their beards. And in their flesh, they shall not cut a gash. Vayikra. A Kohen has to look like an aristocrat, like a prince. And Hashem tells us why. Because the fire offering of Hashem, the food of their God, they offer. And so they must remain holy. They are servants of Hashem. And so they must look the part. Their exterior appearance must be, be befitting of those who stand before Hashem in His service. The holy Kohanim must always appear to the others as men of distinction. And yet these priestly laws are repeated again. This time is a command for the whole nation. The Pasuk says, You shall not round off the edge of your scalp, and you shall not destroy the edge of your beard, and you shall not make a cut in your flesh for the dead. You are children to Hashem your God. Do not make gashes and do not make bald spots on your head. Here the Torah is repeating to the Am Yisrael the same commandment that was told to the Kohanim. And the reason given is, for you are a holy people to Hashem. And Hashem has chosen you to be His treasured people from all of the peoples of the face of the earth. So what was said first to the Kohanim as an admonition because of Vihayu Koydesh, so that they should be holy. That same thing is subsequently told to the Klal Yisrael with the identical reason. Because you are a holy nation set aside for the service of Hashem. Now I'm not capable of revealing the secrets of the Torah. But certain things are apparent even to our minds. Because it's remarkable. The same commandments given to the coin because of his prestigious status are duplicated almost word for word for the Yisrael. For the most simple Jew. Each commandment, korcha, boldness of the head, srita, cutting yourself, pas zekanam, lo, yigalehu, not to cut the corners of your beard. The Am Yisrael walks lockstep with the Kohane Yashem. Now, of course, there are reasons why things are repeated. We learn details from the repetition, new halachas. But right now, we're, to- we're talking about the pshuto, shel mikra. And the Pshutu Shel Mikra is telling us something here. The intention of Hashem is evident in these Pesukim. And that is of an entire nation patterning their lives after the laws of the Kohanim. And if we pay attention to the words of the Torah, we'll see that this intention of Hashem began already at Matan Torah. Before the Torah was given, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a declaration to the Am Yisrael. Now, even the people who know this Pasuk usually understand it as a poetic expression, something beautiful and noble. But that's about it. However, it's not merely poetic, and so we should listen well to his words. I'm going to do something now, said Hashem, that's going to change the nature of the entire people. The whole Klal Yisrael will become different now. If you will stand at Har Sinai and you say, Na'asev Yes, 
Hashem, we accept you, we accept you forever and ever. Then I'm going to make you into an exceptional type of people. You'll be for me a special treasure from all the nations. The whole nation will be forever chosen as my prized possession. Now, Am Sugula doesn't merely mean I'm going to give you Simicha. I'm going to give you a rabbinical certificate to hang on the wall and you'll be honored just by the title. No, it's much more than that. Sugula means that your nature is going to change. Your character will be entirely metamorphosized and you'll become an entirely different type of people. At Har Sinai, not only did we adopt certain attitudes and promise to remain faithful to them, but we became an entirely different people than we were before. What that means is that our status in this world, our place in history, of the, our place in the history of the world was now changed. That's what Hashem was telling us now. From now on, it's going to be different. I'm going to raise you up and make out of you an entirely new type of people. And I'm Sugula. Not merely that we are a good nation. Not merely that we are the best nation. We are no longer one of the nations of the world. We were chosen and elevated to a status that is far above the status of mankind. That's a tremendous concept. A Jew is more than human. No matter what you're going to say in objection, that's what the Torah is telling us. And what is our function as Hashem's treasured nation? Here comes the following words, which I, weak, which I wish to speak out about tonight, because they are really the answer to the question we asked earlier. You're going to be to me a nation of Kohanim and the holy people. Take these words and tell it to the Bnei Yisrael. Make sure that people understand what I am saying now very well, Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu. What we're hearing now is that these words that we were to become now, Amamlechas Kohanim, are of the utmost importance. Everything is important in the Torah, but these words are especially outstanding. Now, I don't imagine myself capable of explaining them properly, but one aspect of these words we'll talk about now. First, we'll have to understand the word Kohen. Like we said earlier, a Kohen is one who is privileged to have been chosen for the most remarkable profession possible. And that profession is the service of Hashem. That's who he is, a Kohen. He might be, let's say, a plumber as well, or maybe a shoemaker, but that's all tafel. It's all, it's, tangi- it's tangential to his primary function in this world, which is the service of Hashem. A Kohen knows that his life is dedicated to Hashem. He was born a Kohen. He lives his life a Kohen, and he will take his last breath as a Kohen. All the days of his life are a lifelong career, standing ready to serve HaKadosh Baruch And therefore, when Hashem declared that He had chosen us to be His Mamlechas Kohanim, His kingdom of priests, He was charging us with the responsibility of Kohanim. What it means is a kingdom consisting of priests, a nation in which every individual, man, woman, and child, is a Kohen living a life of holiness in the service of Hashem. And so while we imagined that all of these laws from the Am Yisrael don't belong here in Vayikra, what we're learning now is that they do belong. The Kohanim were given these laws because of their special status. 
And then to emphasize our status as Kohane Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to us, to all of us as well, you too, all of you are by Mamlechas Kohanim and are to act in the same manner as my Kohanim. And so we come back to Sefer Vayikra and we see the laws of the Kohanim in a different light altogether. Because we understand that whatever is said about Kohanim is a hint for what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be. Now maybe you never heard this before, but you should take it seriously. It's not just talk. V'atam tiyu li mamlechet Kohanim means that whatever you are going to hear about the Kohanim in Sefer Vayikra, the whole Vayikra is called Torah's Kohanim because it deals with the laws of Kohanim. Don't think that it's only for Kohanim. Don't sit back during Kriya Torah and wait for Bamidvar and Devarim, for the parts that you think are more suited to you. No, no. Vayikra is for you. It's there to be utilized as a lesson, as model for every person in the Am Yisroel. When Hashem said, you'll be a Mamleches Kohanim, it means, I'm telling you how Kohanim have to behave what duties they have, and what privileges they have. And you should know that I intend that you should study them and emulate these principles. Now, I want that to sink in, because these words are not a mushal, not merely words. You're hearing here a fundamental truth of the Torah, and if you didn't know it before, now is the time. And that is the great lesson of Mamleches Kohanim, that we are the Kohane Hashem of this world. The rest of the world, all the nations of the world, make their way through the days of life, fulfilling their purpose of being Mishpechot HaAdama, nations whose purpose is this world. And we appreciate that. We don't hold it against them. We need the Italians and the Irishmen. We need the construction workers and the garbage men. We want them to be, be, to be busy with the Adama. Yet, while the Umas Ha'olam are engaged in living in this world, solely for this world, we, the Kohane Hashem, spend our days living in this world. We have plumbers and truck drivers too, but we do it all while standing in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as if we were Kohanim standing in the base of Migdash. And in order that it should be clear that the expression a kingdom of priests, of priests is not merely a poetic declaration, but an actual status. HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded the Am Yisrael in the same priestly laws as the Kohanim themselves. Just like the Kohanim are commanded to zealously guard their dignity, so too are we commanded not to abuse our bodies with gashes. We are forbidden from making bald spots on our head and from cutting the corners of our beards. And all this because we are acting out in our own lives, in our own homes, the same function that the Kohanim act out in the Beis Hamikdash. The Kohanim have one function, and that is to serve Hashem. And we, the Mamleches Kohanim, have that same exact function. And because we are Kohanim too, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, if this animal would have been offered up to Hashem, the chaylev would have been, would have had to be removed and brought up onto the fire. And the dam sprinkled on the sides of the mizbeach before partaking of the meat. And so, even when it's chulin, ordinary meat that you're eating, you must also remove the chaylev and the dam. Even though your own personal shechita is not an avoida of a korban, you're merely standing in the kitchen preparing supper for your family. 
Hashem tells you that you are to treat it like an avoider. Because the Mamleches Kohanim is always standing before Hashem in his service. And therefore, just like the Kohen, who was working alongside the Mizbeach, we can't eat the Chelev of our behemoths. And the blood that would have been sprinkled on, that, on the Mizbeach, had this animal been a korban, we spill it out onto the ground. The preparation of our food reminds us that we don't have the same function as the Mishpachas HaAdama. Our Shechita is not merely Shechitas Chulin. It's an echo of the Shechitas Kodshim that took place in the base Hamikdash, And that's why the Am Yisrael always understood that when you sit around the Jewish table, it's like sitting around the Mizbeach. The Jewish table is called the Mizbeach. It sounds like a queer thing to say, but it's not just words. In the Jewish home, if the children were playing in the house, romping around, and a boy sat on the table for a moment, the mother would shoo him away off the table. You can't sit on a Mizbeach. That's how it used to be. A man told me that. He said his mother used to drive him off the table. A Jewish table is holy, she told him. The table in a frum home is holy. It's a Mizbeach. Not only because you eat kosher food and feed anim at your table. It's not only because you say some divrei Torah at the Suda. Of course we do that too. All that is important. But understanding that your table in the kitchen is a Mizbeach is much more than that. It's a reminder that as much as possible, all of what you do in the home is to be done in the service of Hashem. So when you sit at the table, you're thinking of ways, opportunities to speak about Hashem, to praise Hashem, to praise from Jews, to praise the Torah, to praise the Torah communities. Not just that you make a token donation to the cause by saying Baruch Atah Hashem. That too is good. But a nation of Kohanim does much more than that. As much as possible, you're thinking about Hashem while you're eating. And you're serving Hashem like a Kohen, thinking about Hashem while serving at the Mizbeach. And so the person who recognizes his place in this world understands that he is, he is really living his entire life in emulation of the Kohanim. As much as possible, from morning till night, you keep in mind that you're a Kohen making your way through life as a servant of Hashem. And that's why in the morning, as soon as you get up, you pour water over your hands. What's the point? What's so important about Nagel Vasa? Listen to this carefully. The Rashba says that Nagel Vasa is for the purpose of showing that we are Kohane Hashem. That's why you wash your hands in the morning. You use a kli, a vessel, just like the Kohanim used in the Mikdash when they prepared themselves for the Avoidah. You are like a Kohen who purifies his hands from the cure before his service. Those are the words of the Rashba. By the Kohanim it says, The Kohanim have to wash their hands as a preparation for the tremendous opportunity to work in the Mikdash. But what does that have to do with us? Because we are emulating the Kohanim. We are serving Hashem. That's our business in life. You get up in the morning and what do you do? You're a Kohen washing your hands, getting ready for Avodah Hashem. And so the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning before anything else, you prepare for the day with the most important information that you need. You remind yourself that you're a Kohen, 
that you're a member of the Mamlechus Kohanim. When you wake up in the morning, what are you getting up for? To go to work? To go to school? To be an accountant? No, you're getting up in order to serve Hashem all day long. And therefore, as you wash your hands, don't just pour the water without thinking. What a waste. Think better yet. Say, I am doing this now because I am a Kohen. Hashem has appointed me to be part of His Mamlechet Kohanim V'goy Kadosh. Our entire lives are dedicated to serving Hashem. Whether you're in the office working or in the kitchen cooking or cleaning diapers in the laundry room, you're serving Hashem. Besides, for your davening and learning, you should know that whatever else you do is part, is all part of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're an Evid Ne'eman and you're a Kohen. And therefore, the washing of the hands, the preparation for a day of serving Hashem is a very important symbol. And it should be utilized by you to make yourself aware of your status. It's a shame to waste that glorious opportunity that you have every morning. And most people are missing it altogether. That first act of the day, if done with thought, sets the tone for the rest of the day. That everything you do, everything you will do, you'll be doing as a servant of Hashem. And therefore, we can carry the comparison still further. We read a few weeks, we read a few weeks ago about the big day kahuna and the one garment that is especially described as being worn for honor and for beauty was the mikbaas, the headgear of the Kohen. And the headgear you shall make for them the honor and for beauty, for honor and for beauty. You know that the word mikbaas, headgear, is related to the word giva, a hill, an elevation. And that's because the Kohen appears taller because of his mikbaas. It added to his height to denote his superiority as a servant of Hashem. He wore this crown of honor and beauty to demonstrate to everyone the importance of his service and his pride in being able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, once upon a time, the whole Klal Yisrael didn't wear hats, but everyone knew that the Kohen wore mitznefes. They knew that, and it meant something to them. There was a tinge of kosher jealousy there. And so the Am Yisrael said, if the Kohanim wear mitznefes, why shouldn't we? And so little by little, the Mamleches Kohanim, the whole Am Yisrael, began to cover up their heads because they understood that as much as we can emulate the Kohanim, we should. And so when you cover your head today, when you put on your hat, your yarmulke, what you're doing is walking in the footsteps of the Jews of ancient times who knew that they were Kohanim too. And if you wear a shaitel or a tichel, you can add that thought as well. As often as you can, you should be reminding yourself, if nobody is listening, say it with your mouth, that you're identifying with the Mamleches Kohanim, even though you are not a Kohen, serving Hashem at the Mizbeach, but you are serving Hashem no less in your home, in your kitchen, at your workplace, or on the street outside. You are a part of Mamleches Kohanim. And that means that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're standing in front of Hashem in His service. That's the real pshat in Shiviti Hashem Lenegdi Tamid. Don't tell me that you're picturing the letters of Hashem's name all the time. You don't need the letters. You are actually standing before Him. When we study the fact that Kohanim wear special garments, we understand that every Jew is expected to look different in his garments. 
Now, I'm not saying right now what you have to wear. If you're from a certain neighborhood or from a certain group that wears, let's say, long cloaks or you wear black hats, very good, very good. Black hats, by the way, is a very good thing. If you're able to emulate that practice in order to identify with the Torah community, it's a greatness. But that's not my subject right now. Because whatever it is, the point is that a decent Jew must be distinctive in the way he dresses. He has to be dignified in his dress. A Yisrael can't wear jeans, for instance. Let, like it says by the Big Day Kahuna, L'chavud ultiferes. He has to dress conventionally, conventionally, in an honorable way. If he'll wear jeans, let's say, or patched or torn clothing for the purpose of looking like a bum, so he's, he's ignoring the model of the Mamleches Kohanim. So you'll say, what's the sin? And I'll tell you, it's the lack of understanding of our status in this world. I met an Orthodox Jew in the street one day. I was walking in the street and a man accosted me. I was frightened. He looked like a bum. He was wearing a cap, a queer kind of cap, a queer clothing. And then I recognized him as an Orthodox college professor. I can't blame him really. He's among bums all day long. So he has to camouflage himself so they should think he's one of them. But that's not how Hashem wants us to be. He wants us to look different because we are the Mamlechas Kohanim v'goy Kaddish. We are a holy people like the Kohanim. Kohanim, you know, are, are, are called a holy group of people. And you shall make him Kaddish. It's a commandment that we have to give a certain deference to a Kohen. We recognize that he is holy because he is a servant of Hashem and we therefore accord him a special respect. So you're sitting at a su'uda and there's a waiter there. So he can't just serve one, two, three, whatever the seating order is. No, he knows the deen, that the Kohen is served first. That's a deen in the Gemara. The Kohen comes first. The coin gets the first aliyah in Kriya Satayra. That you know already. But not only when it comes to an aliyah, even when it comes to eating, he's also first. In every matter, we give respect to the one who has been chosen as an Eved Hashem. We treat him with respect because he's holy to Hashem. Because of his status, his function in this world as the servant of Hashem, we accord him privileges and distinctions of honor. He's serving Hashem and that's why, that's why you honor him above others. And now, when we think about these words, we hear an echo of the words, Kedoshim to you, and you, the Am Yisrael, should be Kadosh. Not only is a Kohen a Kadosh, but every from Jew is Kadosh. What does the word Kadosh mean? It means set aside, set apart for Hashem. Something that's connected to Hashem. Every Jew is Kaddish. It says that openly in the Torah, that we're a mamlechus kohanim v'goy Kaddish. And so when you deal with your fellow Jew, you have to watch out what you say. Of course, when you deal with a goy, you have to watch what you say as well. But it's not the same at all. Your wife is Kaddish. Your husband is Kaddish. You cannot just hurl words against each other recklessly. Be careful what you say. You have to know who you're talking to. Would you talk like that to a Kohen in the base Hamigdash? You have to respect the Kohen. 
and you have to respect the Am Kaddish. And just like a Kohen is treated with a special dignity because he, because he is the whole, he is holy to Hashem, that same respect and honor should be given to our fellow Jews. So you have to practice up on these truths. You see a fellow, you see a fellow Jew and you say under your breath, there goes a holy person, one of the Goy Kaddish. That's how to think when you pass a Jew in the street. It's an encounter with greatness, with Kedusha. And it's important to get that into your head. And it will only happen if you train yourself to think these thoughts. That man, that man is holy. He's from the Mamleches Kohanim. But not only do we have to consider our fellow Jew a Kaddish, but we have to consider ourselves as Kedoshim. Just like a Kohen has to be careful with his Kedusha, you're always reminding yourself, I am part of the Goy Kaddish of Hashem. I am set aside for Avodah Hashem. And so since you're always standing in front of Hashem, you must begin to train yourself to do as much as you can. L'shem Shamayim. Little by little, you train yourself to think about Hashem in whatever you're doing. And so when you serve supper to your husband, to your family, why not? You're a good firm wife, a loyal woman. You'll say, certainly, I serve my husband's supper. What else should I do? He's my husband. Any loyal wife would do this. But now we're seeing that that is not enough. Your job in this world is to be more than a wife who is loyal to her husband and to her family. Because while you are doing all of these mundane activities, you are doing them with the intention that you are from the Mamleches Kohanim and that you are serving Hashem. And that's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants from you. That you should become more and more Kaddish, more and more set aside for Him in your thoughts. And that means that as much as you can, you try to do things L'Shem Shamayim, which means that you're aware that you're serving Hashem. So you stand at your stove just like the coin stands at the Mizbeach, putting onto the fire things to burn up to Hashem. And He's turning over the fats and pieces of the Korban for Hashem. And you're standing there at your Mizbeach, your stove, turning over the pancakes, and you're serving Hashem no less than a Kohen. You're thinking these thoughts, that you're serving Hashem right now in your kitchen, like the Kohen serves Hashem in the Mikdash. And the status of your home is elevated to a place of the service of Hashem. Now people will say, certainly I'm an Oyved Hashem, certainly, but that's only part of my life. I have to do other things too. I have a job, I have a family. And the answer is, no. Batem Tiyu Li Mamleches Kohanim tells you that whatever you are doing in life, you're still, you're, you are still a Kohen Hashem. Look, a Kohen can also get a job. He also has a family, but he's still a Kohen. So you have to go to your office, you go to your store, whatever it is to make a living. But you're still a Kohen Hashem. You have to take care of your children, feed them, bathe them. But that doesn't in any way affect your status. You're part of the Mamleches Kohanim. And you must keep, keep that in your mind always. Hashem took you out of Mitzrayim to be His servant. And nothing can change that fundamental truth of your purpose in this world. A Yisrael can never change his function in life. And so, even if you're a plumber or a carpenter, and you're busy all day long, you should know how important it is for you to keep this in mind. Every time you bang in a nail, of course, you have to concentrate on doing a good job too. You might bang in a nail incorrectly, and then you're being paid for nothing. You're a gun of, 
But in addition to doing your best on the job, you have to add the thought. I'm doing this because it's the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I have to work. I have to make a living. I have to get married. I have to support a wife. I have to support my children. Of course, if you have a rich father-in-law who's willing to support you, then you could sit in a koilel all your life. And even the koilel man has to be reminded to keep Hashem in his thoughts always. That's exactly how we have to think. And that is the motivation that is chiefly prized by Hashem. And so it doesn't matter what you do, who you are. You could be a dentist, a shoemaker, or an errand boy. Whatever it is, that's all incidental to what you really are. Because your chief profession is that of being part of Mamlechas Kohanim. Now don't think it's just a mushal and a pious drasha. No, HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects us to take all the hints in Vayikra, the Torah's Kohanim, and expand on it with your own mind in many other directions. That's your business in life. And therefore, as much as possible in everything you do, you should keep in mind that you are serving Hashem. And everything you do at home, at work, on the street, you should be motivated by this awareness. Now, it doesn't mean that everything must be done that way or else you don't do it. We are human beings and we try our best. We aspire to be Kohanim as much as possible. And therefore, if we could add an additional intent to the things we do and even say something to that effect, we train ourselves to be more and more Kaddish and we fulfill our function in life as a Kohen, a Kaddish who is set aside for Hashem. When you allow this thought to enter your mind and you gradually continue to practice it, so it begins to take part in all of your actions as you share in your thoughts. And after a while, you'll, you'll find that part of your intentions in whatever you do is now L'Shem Shamayim. You start by thinking and speaking about L'Shem Shamayim and about being from the Mamlechas Kohanim V'Goy Kaddish. And it's all not real. You're a hypocrite. But that's the best hypocrite in the world because after a while it begins to penetrate and it becomes a genuine intention that participates in all of your motivations. The great ideal, the important attitude that we are Mamleches Kohanim and that our lives, our behavior, our thoughts are to be patterned after the Kohanim in the Mikdash must be for us a seed that is planted in our mind, in our minds. A seed that you must water and nurture all the days of your life. And the more thought that you put into this avoider, the more this seed of Mamleches Kohanim will grow in your mind into beautiful and delicious fruit. The more you water this ideal by thinking about what we're speaking about tonight, the more you will understand that everything that you do in your life, Hashem looks at it as if it is the avoidus HaKohanim serving in the base HaMikdash. And as the years pass by, the ideal of being from the Mamleches Kohanim grows upon you and it becomes a stronger and stronger part of your personality until finally, before you realize it, it occupies a very big part in all of your motivations. And you actually begin to live life as one of the Mamleches Kohanim. And just like when the Kohanim were chosen by Hashem, it is written, to be mine. It meant to be especially mine forever. So too the nation as a whole was chosen to be Mamleches Kohanim with that same word. And you shall be for me a kingdom of priests in the mark of eternal honor. 
wherever it is said Li for me, wherever it is said Li for me, it shall never cease in this world and in the world to come. It's a mark of distinction that we must live up to to be always aware that all of our actions must be for the purpose of serving Hashem. And if we keep that in mind always, then we become the Goy Kaddish, the nation set aside for Hashem in eternity. Good Shabbos.